Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. 
Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Save-A-Lot Foods, serving Columbia since 1994, is celebrating their grand reopening at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard with amazing deals, and you can even register for prizes. Open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Check out our weekly flyers for great deals on your favorite products. Save-A-Lot stores are 100% employee-owned and operated and proud to be local. Save-A-Lot Food Stores. Shop the dot. Save-A-Lot. What would you do if you ran out of food to feed your family? That's the reality for hundreds of families here in Southern Middle Tennessee, and you can help change that. Front Porch Radio is partnering with The Well Outreach to help feed as many families in need as we can for as little as $30 to provide a week of groceries. Join us for a special live broadcast on September 26th and 27th on Front Porch Radio, or you can give right now to help a local family in need at thewelloutreach.org. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Oh, 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 oh. It is another edition of your Tony Basilio show. It's absolutely outstanding. Ladies and germs, it's a great day to be alive and well with you. The great Sean Sinclair is in the house. 
in a matter of moments, we are going to uh, hook up with the great Watson Brown Wednesdays with Watson will cometh. And I, we get a lot of good feedback on that segment. We get a lot of good feedback on Wednesdays with Watson. So certainly a thing. It's exciting to be alongside uh, with you today, and it is a great day to be alive and well, and we're trying to get the taste and everything else. You know, the, the thing about these um, <laughs> these signature games in college football that I've kind of forgotten because it's been so long since we've had like a shocking result like Saturday is that um, it's almost like losing, I don't know, like those of you who are basketball fans, four games in a row or something. It's like a five or six game losing streak in baseball. Uh, it really stays with you. It really lingers. It really kind of lingers on, which is an interesting aspect to this whole Southern college football experience. Cinco, is it lingering with you, this loss, or have you put it in your rearview mirror? I, I, I think the loss is, the losses and wins don't affect me like they used to uh, because they're just events. Um, I, I, uh, um, I, don't, I don't tie my emotions or hope to a football team like I used to. I don't, um, I don't blame anybody for doing that. That's the heart of college football. And to a lot of extent, sports in general, I think a lot of people, me included, back in the day, you know, then our, you know, it's an escape. And we, if our team wins, great. Then we put a lot of artificial hope and uh, pressure on those people to make us happy. Uh, and I get it. Uh, but that's not me anymore. I think what's interesting is in listening to you this week and uh, watch breakdown and listen to some other people, I, I think a lot of things are really coming to play here. I, I think that one, uh, Josh Heupel and his program are, are just starting to get the first taste of expectation. Um, you know, la- last year, because you're starting to hear words, mm-hmm. and, and all these things can be true, mm-hmm. and 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 not be uh, not be negative. I mean, uh, I'm Jeff Fisher, although not maybe not a great coach or people may not like him anymore. I found him to be the best I'd ever seen as a coach of sitting up there and just answering questions. Mm-hmm. And he took the emotion out of it. Yeah, people asked a, a question that's a legit question, and he would answer it without giving away private information or whatever. It's okay to say, you know, you're seeing stuff like Halsey yesterday says, we're growing. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and we can do better. Okay. Um, but the, uh, the little, the little hint of petulance that I'm seeing, uh, kind of it, uh, and I don't blame him. I love, I haven't changed my opinion on Josh Heupel, but the little bit of hint of petulance you're seeing him at questions doesn't serve him well. No, it really, it's interesting, right? Because when you're winning, you're emotionally intelligent. Everybody loves you. You're handling things very well. When you get the heat, and this is really the first time he's really had the heat on him. You know, look, when you're at Oklahoma as the coordinator, offensive coordinator, that's one thing. When you're the head coach up there answering those questions after every game, 
and, and Halsley's going to grow as well. Like, like his answer about Nico yesterday, Sean, just it's not acceptable. I mean, you can't tell your fan base because, you know, I'm writing something for the blog. I was working ahead today just a little bit, and, and I'm writing something for the blog tomorrow. We know how the script's going to go Saturday. They better start really well. Really, really well offensively. I'm talking about take the ball and go score three times on offense like we were used to seeing in the good old days. Or the fans are going to start, first of all, they're going to start booing them. If they play the way they did against um, uh, uh, the the team from Clarksville, uh, Austin P. people are going to start booing them. That's the first thing that's going to happen. And then they're going to start chanting for Nico because that's what we do. People are paying good money to go to these games. Whether it's fair or not, you know, you got a coordinator making probably a little north of a million dollars. I don't know what the number is, and a head coach making eight. And these guys have to understand that. It, this matters to a lot of people. It's interesting you'd say that because you're right. It's, and it's not the way, they're not handling this the way I expected them to handle this. It's not the fans' fault, and it's not the media's fault. It's just not. So, and so Adam Sparks is no, going to join us nobody today at 1 o'clock. in this. You've got, yeah. you've got this, quickly, the thing yeah. is that it's a hard job. It's a very hard job. Yep. Almost everybody that's had the job has been fired. Yep. And they're going to be fired. He will be fired again in his career. Sure. Everybody. I mean, you, you take a look at, um, just for example, sure, Dion in three games is making it look easy. I'm not putting a ceiling on on Dion, but I guarantee you there are some tough conversations going on in the state of Alabama. The guy has won six national championships at Alabama, arguably one of, if not the greatest college football coach in the history of the world, and yet they are lunky right now, and their fans aren't used to it. That's just, it, this is, this whole thing is fantasy. No way you should coach football and make 10 12 million dollars i don't i don't begrudge anybody it doesn't matter to me what they make it's a hard job i don't expect i don't expect results based on what someone makes like right. some of our friends do because right. it's a market it's a market driven thing right uh, but what i do think is that if you want to stay at this level then you just have to embrace things like uh tough what adam sparks's question was perfectly fine but i think the next about uh mincy and i think you're going to have him on but the next natural question when when uh Heifel says you know that's the decision we made okay fine well the the next question it's not disrespectful is you say well coach okay was it a good decision would you do that again i think that's an appropriate question very fair which uh, uh, you can, yeah go yeah. ahead i'm sorry well no it's very fair and Adam today will join us at the top of our TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime uh, segment, uh, which will come as part of our uh, over on tclub.team solely. Um, or if you want to listen to it, you can hit us up at uh, our Twitter Spaces account, at Tony Basilio, or go back and listen to it at your leisure, anytime, wherever you find your podcast. But Watson Brown's going to join us here momentarily. You know, the interesting thing about Saturday, and, and a lot of people are going to focus on quarterback, 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 quarterback. Tennessee's issues offensively through three games go a lot deeper than quarterback. They just do. 
And Joe Milton was okay against Florida. I don't think he was great. He, uh, you could make the case he was good uh, by Southeastern Conference standards. You could make the case. Uh, he made a couple throws that were kind of incredible. Um, but one of the things I want to get into with Watson is the whole game management aspect, what he saw. He talks to people as well within the program. He's going to join us on the other side. And then, Sean, another thing yesterday that the OC kind of – they kind of blanch about how um, they didn't get Sampson in the game at all. Like, you didn't see a snap, right? And, and now the narrative is, well, we got to get him in the game. we got to, you know, we, a great question is for them would have been, I mean, shouldn't you have gotten him? I mean, he doesn't play one snap? I mean, I don't know. Like, not a snap? Really strange. Really well, some I odd think- decisions around that deal. Well, I think that I, I and I heard that conversation too yesterday, and and I think that people have they may have the misconception that you just okay we're going to do five plays here we're going to do five plays here. Um, I, the Samson thing doesn't bother me because he's not a he's not a back that's going to get. I mean, he was gifted four opportunities to score touchdowns in the first game. Mm. He's not a four touchdown a game guy. Barry Sanders is barely. Barely a four touchdown a game. Those things even out. And then when you get into and, and basically the heavy lifting in that first game to provide those was done by the the two other guys. Yeah. So th- those things kind of even out. Um, I would say for for coach uh, for fans and uh, I'm not the be all end all. I just saw it very closely as an outsider. And games don't go as scripted. You know, if you have if no. you're number one guy, if you're number one guy. Is fresh because your offense is choppy, and you know you you see those guys out there constantly. I'm not sure why, but you see them constantly asking for relief. So they're not selfish backs; they're not undermining each other. Things just things just happen with uh, as games unfold. Where are you going to put uh, you going to put your number one guy in, or are you going to put your seemingly number three guy in? So they they tend to work out. Uh, zero carries. In this game is is an extreme, but so is four touchdowns in one game. Watson Brown uh, will join us on the other side of you Wednesdays with Watson. We're going to come back upon our continuance. Coach Brown joins. We're greatly looking forward to that. Tell a friend. People love this segment. Sean Sinclair, Brian Hartman, Tony Basilio, we return momentarily. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. t Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. 
This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Automobile Keys is a local, family-owned and operated car key programming business. Whether you need a smart key, switchblade key, key fob, transponder key, or just a basic car key replacement, we're your best choice for affordable, programmable replacement keys in minutes. Give us a call at 615-878-9087 or visit our website at automobilekeys.com. You can email us at cody at automobilekeys.com. Automobile Keys is a proud sponsor of Whitthorn Middle School football. Come by our van out front after the game and say hello. Go Tigers! Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB, back with you. Yeah, my, my friends at Twitter Spaces, we've been getting about 350, 400, 500 strong this week. A uh, couple thousand after the game the other night. 
they get to hear the behind the scenes stuff. So turn your notifications on. When we come on, you're on with us as it's Wednesdays with Watson, the great Watson Brown now joining us, presented by our friends at TLD Logistics. As he's on the TLD Logistics hotline, tldlogistics.com. Coach Watson Brown, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Tony. How are you? Brother, it is a blessed day to be alive and well. Oh, and, uh, beautiful day. Oh, man. Beautiful day. Oh, man. Turn and fall, buddy, my oh, friend. Got up at 7 o'clock this morning, went outside, soaked in that nice, crisp air. Ah, coach, there's just nothing like it. What a beautiful nothing way. Like what a blessed time, man. But, yep. but we had a very, very sad very sad occurrence over the weekend, the Tennessee-Florida game, and we're still trying to pick up the pieces here. Yeah. Coach, you and I talked off the air. We have not talked, we have not texted since the game. I wanted to keep it fresh no. here. You, Your comment to me off the air was, we learned a lot. So I'm going to leave that, throw that in your feet, and you take us to school here, take us under wings. What did we learn, Coach? Well, I, I, I think we learned that we're not as good. We're just not as good as we were last year. Now, is that a talent? Is it the combination of youth talent? Um, are they just not there yet? And they can be as good, but they're, they're just not near up to the standards of the team this time last year. And it, it starts with me at quarterback. Um, Milton is just not as good a player in this style of stuff as Hendon Hooker was. Now he's, they, they're going to figure him out and keep letting him do things he does best. But Hendon ran that offense so fast and could make the quick decisions. And you just don't see the, the smoothness of the quickness of the offense. And that's a big piece of what Josh does. So we're not as good at quarterback. I don't know that anybody would have been trying to replace Hendon Hooker. I thought, I told you that it's last week. I thought he was, when he got hurt, before he got hurt, the week before he got hurt, up to that point, he was the best quarterback in the country. He was the best college quarterback in the country, making more plays than anybody. And there were some good ones last year, but he was the best. Then you go to the offensive line. When your center is out, I'm telling you, Tony, the center is the key guy in an offensive line because he's the quarterback of the offensive line. He's the one making the calls and the run and the pass game. It's a critical situation when you're in a fast pace. I did that. I run the fast pace. And your center has to make such quick decisions and calls. And I think losing their center, they're not near as good there. So the offensive line isn't as good. When you spread everybody out like Tennessee does, and there's six or five in the box in their early, their normal down and distance stuff, and they're spread all over the field, you run the ball. That's what you do. That's what it's designed to do. And if you're not good enough to run the ball into five and six people, you ain't got much place to go after that. So the offensive line is critical in what Josh does. And then I think the wide receiver play is just, I mean, the, what, the two they lost were fantastic players. And maybe these guys catch up and get to that level. Maybe it's because they just don't have the stuff down yet real good. Or maybe they're just not as good. 
you just can't lose two of the guys they lost last year. But it's good. And I'll say three. The tight end who played last year was a fantastic football player. He could block. He could run. He could pitch. You could put him out wide. You could bring him in tight. He was a missing piece that people didn't talk about much that I thought was a big piece of that offense, Tony. So I just think offensively they got a ways to go. They may still be okay, but they're dealing with a lot of things. And I think that Clemson game hurt them more than them. It's great to win it, but I think it led to everybody thinking they're going to be fantastic when they first start back. And and I just don't think they're there yet. I'm not saying they can't get there, but I just don't think they're there yet. But the wide receivers, what I think uh, Josh does, Tony, and I'll, I'll be quiet here after this. I'm talking too much. But the wide receivers, they, they're taught a lot of what I call vertical options. It's something I learned from Mouse Davis and John Jenkins and June Jones when I was at Rice back in the early 80s. The Houston Gamblers were in town with us and playing spring ball. And so I went over a bunch and learned the run-and-shoot offense. It's a lot of vertical options where you, you're releasing down the field. If a guy's pressing you, you run the fade. If the guy's soft and off of you, you pull up and run a hook. If the guy's playing you soft and on the outside, you run a skinny post. I mean, that's a lot. I see a lot of what Josh does in that. Now, I may be wrong because I haven't talked to Josh and studied. I haven't been in the room with him. But I think they do, and that's not an easy thing to teach. And so I think that just takes a little longer to get there. And the last thing I'll say is the defense to me, uh, we're just, they're not as physical. They're not as tough minded as last year's defense was. And that may be youth. I thought they got better in the second half and got more physical. But in the first half, they, they just got pushed around and, and they got out physical. And that's got to change, in my opinion. So, anyway, that's the quick synopsis that I saw. How much of what we saw surprised you? Some of these conclusions that we've come to. You you mentioned the Clemson game. Because people pointed to, and we want to make it all about the quarterback, but really, you you can't do that. No, because the the receivers have not been great this year. Um, Right. You know, like the other night, Milton was okay. I mean, he wasn't like no. he wasn't great. Um, he didn't at times manage the game. Let me ask you this. So let me go here. It looks like Tennessee, when they were kind of in that spot where they're on the road, and people like you tell me when you're on the road, man, that game goes so fast. You think you're prepared. You think, but there's really no like the, a couple media people asked Hypel this week. How did you prepare for the noise? And, you know, he was like, well, we blew all this noise in practice. And you think you're prepared huh. for it. But really, that's just a that's a faux substitute for what you're going to walk into because all of a sudden it gets to going so fast. The crowd's on you. You make a bad play. It begats another bad play. It begats another negative play or a penalty. And so my question for you is, when you saw them taking time out as much as they did, Do you think that was a relaying the play in issue, or was that a quarterback in the game issue? What what did you see? I saw that that Milton isn't ready to make the quick decisions that Inman could make. And so he's a little confused, and uh, I don't think that was from the boundary. I think 
Josh saw that he was confused, running out of time. So much of what they do, uh, Tony, is quick reaction. You don't think it's a, just a reaction to what you see. It's a numbers game. It's how are they playing? Maybe they're 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 one on one on the outside, but how are they playing on the outside? Are they playing three on three out there when there's three to a side? And it's an inside guy and two soft safeties and corners, or is it up press man? There's such quick decisions made in his style. That's why he doesn't run a ton of plays, but because they've got to make such quick decisions. And I just don't think Joe's ready to handle that yet. And what you say, you throw that, that it's not there yet. The offense isn't there yet. You throw that in with being in the swamp. And I've been there, gosh, five or six times myself. And what the, that you cannot prepare for that crowd. I don't. You can turn up music, you can blow horns. It's just different. It's different when there's eighty thousand in there and you can't hear the guy next to you. I mean, you, people don't understand how loud it can get. And you just what it does is it creates anxiousness in you, and then you start making mistakes because you get anxious. And um, the 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 Teams with experience and been in those places a bunch of times handle it much better than the ones that are going for the first time. And um, I can remember when I was at Oklahoma and, and Texas A&M came to Norman when I was the offensive coordinator. And Norman is loud, just like a lot of them, and they couldn't handle us, and we beat the fool out of them, and they were ranked much higher than we were. It, it really started that season for us. Well, we had to go back to Aggieland the next year. Completely reversed. We had a new quarterback. I had Kel Gundy, and then I had a, a a new guy, and we didn't have it well. And it looked like Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, and it's all because of two different places that you play in. And uh, I, I'm not down on Tennessee like a lot of people are. I think they got a chance to still be good, but I I'm not sure they'll ever get to as good as they were toward the end of the season before Hinman got the injury, uh, Tony. Um, there were just people on that team, older people. Hyde had been there two years. Uh, Hinman uh, was in his second year. That tight end had been there. He was a senior, I think, didn't he? Wasn't he? Didn't he graduate? Uh, his center was a really solid player who is so important. I, I just I don't know that they can get to last year's offense, but I still think they can be good. Dr. Sean Sinclair, you're on with Watson Brown. It's Wednesday. Watson, he's on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Go ahead, Sink. Coach, I appreciate you talking about the anxiety that the players feel because I think we've seen, we've seen more than I'm used to uh, pre-snap penalties all along the yeah. offense, and um, I could, I said earlier in this broadcast that I don't believe it's a lack of focus or laziness. I think that oh, along, no. I think along the offensive line, the you know, a football player knows the first play if the guy in front of him is better than him or not, and then you try to then you try to even out the equation with, well, maybe I got to step just a little bit quicker. Maybe I got to close my split in just a little bit, and that anxiety starts you thinking differently than if you were just relaxed playing in your flow. I think that's what we're seeing more so than kids not trying, being unfocused, et cetera. Your, your thoughts? Oh, Sean, you nailed it. There, there's no way those kids were not focused. 
they they were trying their hearts out. That was a big game. There's no way Tennessee gets on a plane and goes to Gainesville and is not ready to play. Uh, Josh Heifel's team ain't going to be that way. They they got it taken to them, and they got uptight, and it made it worse. I've been there. I've, I've taken many teams to all of these big places. I think the only one I think I've never been in is, is, is Ohio State. The rest of the big ones in, like Tennessee's, I've been there a bunch of times, and it's so hard to do that. Tennessee style also. When you're running that fast pace and you get a little anxious, man, it can mess up. The pace is such a big part of Josh's offense. It's such a big part of it. When they're going in there good, look at the first drive. They were going there good. It was quick. They Everything went well. Boom. Well, then all of a sudden, Florida starts taking it to them a little bit on offense. They don't get the ball back as much. And when they got it, they start getting anxious, jumping, and 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 I just think it also is they had a new center. He he gets anxious. He's not getting the calls passed down the line of scrimmage completely, and everybody starts getting a little confused. And then su- success isn't happening. You throw all that together, Sean, and you can end up with with a knot. Then you look back and say, "Ooh, we weren't very good." Interesting stuff from Watson Brown. Let's bring um, Brian Hartman in here. He's got something he wants to add to the conversation. Go ahead, Brian. I saw somebody or heard somebody say last night that through the first three games last year and the first three games this year, Milton actually had better numbers than Hooker. How much yeah. improvement do you think Milton can do? Is Is, is there a ceiling for him? Do you think uh, – there's a chance he could actually take a similar path that Hooker took last year and yeah, catapult. And I, I, I was going to bring that up because you go back and look at when they went to Pitt to play, and it was not near the atmosphere going to Gainesville. When you, when they went to Pitt to play, they didn't have a great offensive day that day. Played better on defense, really, and won the game. And then all of a sudden they start getting going. The only thing that I feel with with Joe is, I don't think he can make the plays in space that Hendon made. I just don't think he's as good at that. So Josh has got to really work hard at rhythm and getting everything stays in the pocket because when he gets loose, he's not as good as finding receivers and throwing it in rhythm. He nearly got to run it at that point. And, uh, but he can run it. He's a big, strong guy. I, I'm I'm with you. I think Tennessee's still going to be good. I just don't think it's not just the quarterback. I don't think they will be as good at tight end by the end of the year, and I'm not sure they'll end up with two receivers as good as the two they had at the end of last year. And maybe I'm wrong. Where I think they will get better is defensively because I saw them get better. I think they're more athletic on defense much more than they were last year. But I think that they kind of got big bug-eyed a little bit in the first half with Florida taking it to them. But they came back in the second half and played much, much better. So I do think the defense will keep improving and getting better. Uh, but I'm not as down on Tennessee, I think, as, as a lot of people are. Um, you can go play and have a game like that now in those kind of stadiums. But you can also come back and say, well, we're going to have to play in three more of those here. 
coming up, and we learned a lot from that. Let's handle it better the next time we go, and I think they will. Sean Sinclair, jump back in here. I'm sorry, Sean. I have you muted. Go ahead, Sean. My bad. Go ahead. Say it again. Coach, um, in your career, you were when you were a head coach, you were in some places that didn't always give you the the best opportunity or resources to uh, to be the best. It had nothing to do with your coaching ability. It's just around there, and and so I imagine that you are the perfect person to talk about hard uh, press conferences. Uh, so yeah. far, yeah. so far, Josh, and I say that with respect, Coach uh, yeah. Josh has had a Cinderella story kind of here uh, in the first two years. And now, um, you know, if he wants to continue in this place or at this level, he's going to have to adjust and change, et cetera. We saw him the past couple of weeks show a little bit of a chink, uh, a little petulance. Uh, I'm not criticizing him. It's just tough times get tough questions, and they're fair questions. Can you talk about... And I referenced uh, a guy in the midstate, Jeff Fisher. I thought I thought Coach Fisher was excellent at, at taking hard questions, answering the questions, not being petulant, not being snide, or all those things. Can you talk about that dynamic? That's the coaches always say they don't pay attention. One thing I know that's complete nonsense. Coaches know what's being said at all times. Can you talk about that dynamic for a coach that's had it? pretty much the way he's wanted to the past two years yeah that's sean that's not easy um it's not and i think it's part of growing as a coach um i've had those days where things were really good and those questions are real easy and uh and then there's days that that it is really tough and the thing you got to understand is that coach is a human being and, and he's coming in right after the game is over and he's very upset. Just, just like the fans are very upset. Just like the, probably the sports writer that's asked the question. Uh, and, and you got to learn. I always like to walk out, get in the, I'd send the coaches out talking to the, I'd talk to the team real quick and then, I'd send the coaches out to talk to their kids, just wander around and talk to them, and, and leave me in the in the coaches' off in the coaches' dressing room on the road or at home by myself, just for three or four minutes. Sit down, take a deep breath, and and don't do something that you're going to regret later on. But man, it's it's tough. It ain't nobody. It hurts worse than the head coach. Than, than having things not go well or lose. Ain't nobody. It hurts worse. And sometimes I think coaches get to the point where they say, well, it's don't, everybody's upset, but it ain't hurting you like it is me. That's a wrong attitude to have. Um, I learned that it's just, you know what's going to be asked for you go in there. Because you know what's been not, wasn't good and all of that. So it shouldn't catch you off guard. And I just think it comes with experience. Josh hasn't been a head coach long. Uh, he's first class. He's good at what he does. He cares about where he is. I think he truly cares about the University of Tennessee. And he gonna, he'll get better at that, but it's hard. And especially, you know, I lost games. I lost games, won games, but I had a lot of losses. And, and I got better at that as I went. And I don't mean I got better, Sean, at taking the loss. I never got better at that. 
but I got better at handling it and understanding the questions are fair. And I think when you're the best at that, you just go in and tell the truth. You never hang a kid out to dry. You never hang a kid out to dry. I never did that, never believe you should. It's a kid's game. Uh, don't do that, but tell the truth up to the point of hanging a kid out to dry. Watson Brown joining. Hey, Coach, we got this coveted freshman quarterback sitting here. Fans yeah. last year saw you put up all those numbers, right? And they get yeah. so used to seeing it. And then everybody hears in the offseason about this really talented player on your roster. And the thought is changing quarterbacks, you know, it's kind of inevitable when you don't win at this level and you start looking ahead to next year. And they're in a real conundrum right now because they paid all this money to this guy, NIL-wise. But yet they've believed in Joe once again. And they're they're kind of in a spot here. Um, especially if they lose another game, say, between now and, let's say, the next three weeks. They're they're kind of in a tough spot. How would you handle that? Would you – Would you? Uh, yesterday, the offensive coordinator was asked about it. He said – he basically – well, he didn't basically say. He said, look, Nico is not going to add anything to our offense. He's just not. In other words, he's not going to make it better. You think he is – Everybody wants to ask that question. I don't know if that's the right way to handle it. That's what he said. Um, From your perspective, when do you start introducing the true freshman? How how do you think this goes? I don't think you do till you know that the season is – your goals can't be accomplished, let's say that. When you reach a point that you know that they can't be, then you may want to play for the future. Um when the offensive coordinator said that, I think he's probably being truly honest and saying this kid's not going to play better than Milton right now. He's not ready yet. And um, it, it's so, you know, it's just human nature to immediately want to blame the coach and the quarterback. And that's, uh, I've always thought that gets way too much credit on both sides. The coach and the quarterback are the heroes or the coach and the quarterback are the GOAT. There's a lot more to it than that. And, and uh, I think these next couple of games will see Milton get better. If we don't, as, as strong a quarterback-oriented offense that they run, guys, they'll lose to somebody if he doesn't play well because it is such a quarterback-oriented offense. Uh, then, then we may see the switch. But I, I'm telling you, when you've got an older guy that's been around, a senior, that a lot of the kids respect on your team, and then you put a freshman in, it better work because you can't go back to that senior again. And uh, you just can't do it. It won't work. The damage is done, so you don't put the young man in until you know it's absolutely time. I thought Nick Saban made a huge mistake by lo- losing to Texas. The, mil- uh, the kid played pretty um Thing. I can't get his name, but he played. He did it. He threw some bad balls, but he also made a lot of plays. And personally, I thought Nick kind of lost it a little bit and started going with the younger guys and putting them in there. And now what's he had to do? Go back to Milro again. That's that's not a good deal. That is. Do you think there might have been a suspension, Coach, for Milro? If that, that was, it makes a lot more sense to me. 
it makes a lot more sense to me. But I don't know. By just doing it and benching him immediately and going with two kids that had not played any at Alabama at all, uh, and then they played poorly, uh, I hope I hope that's what it was. There was something that he just doesn't want out in the public. You know but, what, though, Coach? If that was the case, they should have put that out in the public. Because sure, what you've done is absolutely. you've confused you everybody. Kind of you can't hide that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you and you've confused everybody. You've confused everybody, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I think that hurt them bad. Yeah, yeah. And now it's going to take a while to let Miller get his confidence back oh. again. I, so I, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Is you go make it, you better know what you're doing when you make the switch. The SEC is a real jumbled mess. You said it before. There's still an opportunity here for Tennessee's goals to be out in front of them. I don't know that we've seen the league coach with this level of teams just kind of all bunched together. There aren't great teams in the league. There's a bunch of pretty good teams from from my perspective. How about you? What's What it is, Tony, is it's a bunch of new quarterbacks. That's why the SEC is mm. not as good right now. Last year they had a bunch of really good ones. Now everybody's playing a new guy, and it's and who's who's going to settle in and one come through? That's why Tennessee is still they're they're fine if they'll just keep getting improving and get better because Alabama's struggling quarterback. You can say what you want. Florida's not over the hump yet. I just I didn't see their quarterback just play fantastic. The running game won that game. Georgia's still struggling at quarterback. Um, a lot of people are. I mean, Kentucky is struggling at quarterback, um, big time struggling at quarterback right now. They, they got a new one. He's supposed to be pretty good, but he, he hasn't, he hasn't come through just yet. Texas A&M's got a new one. Uh, just keep going down the road. I mean, so it's, I think it's quarterback play is why the SEC right now is not as good as it's been and just keep watching it. Whose quarterback keeps improving the most is who will come out of the pile and all of a sudden be that. I thought Georgia's guy got better in the second half the other day, but I'm not sold on him just yet either. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to watch him when they start playing really good football teams. South Carolina is not a very good football team. I think they're very average to lo- lower part of the division this year myself. And, and by the way, that kid is playing at a really high level, their quarterback, but he has nothing around him. I mean, he's literally no, running he's for his life. No it's Jailbreak City. And you've been there, right? That's no fun. Jailbreak oh, City no in this fun. league's no fun, man. No. No. It's not. And you're dead on. He's probably playing as good as any quarterback in the league, but he's also an experienced guy that went through a whole year in the SEC there last you go. year. There you go. And uh, he's one of the few that is experienced, and he is playing good. He's keeping them in games right now, single-handedly keeping them in games. North Carolina beat the fool out of them, Tony. My brother beat the fool up, but the quarterback kept them in that game. Kept them in the game. He got sacked so, like nine times in that game, and he kept getting yes, up. I know. And he got hit about it 50, 50 other times. No, that's exactly right, and that's what's wrong with the SEC oh. right now. Let's all watch and see whose quarterback comes on. Because everybody's fighting with it, right? Including Tennessee. Milton's got to come on. He's got he's got to play better. The one thing he's got to do, guys, is he's got to run the show better. There mm. wasn't any flow other than the first drive. There wasn't flow in that game, and uh, and and he took on the stadium and not getting the ball a whole lot till till the second half. Then he started getting it. 
And uh, they need to take that ball in late in that game and get that thing down to a single score. That's where they, they, they kind of blew it, I thought. Get that ball in the end zone, and they weren't capable of doing that. But Joe's got to run that offense smoother than it's being run. And he's got to have help with that from the center. The wide receivers making quick, good decisions in their route running on the outside. There's a lot of things that have got to come on, I think. Hey, Coach, a question I've always – this is Sean again – Question I've wanted to ask you for a long time, and I'm and I'm glad you brought up uh, your your brother uh, for the uninitiated, and and this ties into uh, Deion Sanders and what he's doing over in Colorado. For the uninitiated, the 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 fellow you're listening to uh, is one of the most brilliant offensive football minds that's ever been in college football. Um, that that's not debated. You you were so far ahead. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, you were not on platforms that could showcase a lot of that. That's my opinion, uh, et cetera. Now, your brother has been, uh, I would suggest, is more of a CEO head coach. Uh, you, you are very much like to be Josh Heupel in the fact that you can affect a game with your offense. Deion Sanders, to me, is, you know, he was a great player, Hall of Fame, one of the best ever. But as I look at him three games in, he seems to be more of the CEO. And I and I think your brother was like that a lot. Yeah. Can you talk Still about is. the differences in head coaching styles, the head coaching, et cetera? I hope that's not a nonsensical question because uh, I, I think some coaches get other opportunities uh, that some others don't, even, even, you know, despite, you know, frankly, and I'm not trying to fluff you, your brilliance as an offensive mind. Woody Woodenhofer, same way. But on the defensive side, yeah, no, you brought up something that was always. I've looked back and wondered if I did it right. My, my brother and I are, and I love him to death. We we're very close. We were never on a opposing teams till I got hurt at Vanderbilt, and he transferred out, and he knew I was done and would never play again. And he transferred out and went to Florida State. That's the first time we'd ever been apart in our lives, and so we're very close. Uh, Max style and my style are two totally different deals. I was a hands-on in the room all the time, on the field all the time, coaching both sides a little bit, but really on the offensive side. And Mac is the CEO type, and that's more the going way now because it's, it's hard. There's so much you have to deal with now as a college football coach that maybe when I first started, it wasn't all there. Uh, but there is, and just like adding this NIL and coming up with the money for the NIL. And there's so many different things you have to do. My brother's style has always been that. And, and when you do that, you better have some good folks under you that you totally trust, which he always has. And he's been at schools where he could pay them and bring in good people. And just like he's got Gene Chizik now, who's won a national championship as a head coach himself. I mean, so it's it's – you know, it's it's um, it's just a different style. And I look back on it, Sean, and say, did I do too much of that? Should I have been out around the kids more and out in the public more? I, I was out at Vanderbilt a lot still, but I've always looked back on that. Was I in too much in the offensive room and not enough everywhere else that I needed to be? And I was a head coach at six different schools. And and so you that, that's a question I've had to deal with all my life, but I don't know that if I went back tomorrow, I would give that up. It's it's just in my blood. I love the X's and O's. I love coaching the kids. 
And uh, I, I don't know that I would have ever been a good CEO like my brother is. Very interesting question from Sean. Hey, Coach, anything yeah. else you'd care to add on the way out? And I want to ask you about, you know, this uh, Deion Sanders thing, they did a number the other night on television that's one of the most obscene things I've ever seen. Like, one thirty-eight Eastern time, over 8 million people were watching that game. That's unheard yeah. of in major no, college I, football. Is he, is he good or bad? Because some people try to act like he's bad for the deal. I mean, how can oh, this be bad for college football, Watson? He's, he's good for the deal because he's an old-school coach that believes in the old-school way of teaching, and I'm, I'm an old-school guy, so I'm with him. But he teaches his style, his discipline, toughness, confidence. Interesting. Uh, he, he's an old-school guy. He is a CEO. He doesn't claim to know offense. He don't know more about defense than offense. And, uh, but, but he comes out with such an confident air, and he's been so successful at everything he does, he, he gets to do that right now because it works. The kids believe when he says something, they believe it. And uh, the classiest thing I saw him do was just yesterday I read where there's death threats on the kid that hurt the hunter, his good uh, receiver DB, Yep. and with, with a cheap shot, and it was late. It wasn't with a helmet. He hit him with his shoulder pad and the ribs, but it was late, and death threats. And, and Dion comes out and says, no. I'm over this. We've forgiven the kid. Hunter's forgiven the kid. I do not want a Colorado fan acting that way. Let's get this under control and move on here. I thought that was first class. Now, what Dion's going to have to do, guys, because he's fixing to jump into Oregon, Southern K. He's fixing to jump into a, yeah, to a big to, yep. to the Pac-12 that might be the best conference right now yes. in the country yes. because they got older playing quarterbacks. It may be the best conference, and he's going to have some tough games. And he's, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it when he loses, or he loses two in a row, or he loses three in a row. Uh, now let's see how he handles everything. I think he'll handle it well. I really do. And uh, the one thing I don't like he does, he kind of throws it back on players a little bit. I didn't, I didn't like the statement where he said, well, I got rid of all these players at Colorado. They were a lot of the reasons they lost. It wasn't just the coaches. It was the players. I I don't like ever going there. I just don't like doing that myself. But I'm proud of him. I think he's handled it first class. And I mean, what? look at the look at the excitement around that state in Colorado right now. My gracious alive. And now let's see how he handles Oregon and Southern Cal because that's not going to be an easy chore. Coach, much love to you. I appreciate you. Will the Vols look sharper this weekend on the way out? And if they're not, should we be worried? If if they don't improve this week, I'll have some concern. But I I really feel like they're going to come out and play well. But don't think a kill's coming. This team is a good football team they're playing. And they're, they lost the Army last week, yes. Their quarterback didn't play. And he is bona fide. He's a six-year guy. He can run around and make plays. He's got a sprained ankle. If he plays in the game and it's a good game, don't let it surprise you because that is not a bad football team they're playing this weekend at all. Wednesdays with Watson, it's appointment radio from my opinion, uh, and it's an appointment I made. And, Coach, thank you for keeping it and blessing us with your time. 
and your treasure um, today. You're wonderful, Watson Brown. It, 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 it's an honor, guys, to be on with you. It's truly an honor. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. The great Watson Brown, one more time, appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. Sean, 1 to 10 scale, I'm going to put that about a 19 and a half. It was insane how good that guy is. Well, it, it, it would be easy for people listening to think that I was fluffing a, uh, no, no, a no, no, former no. coach because, so far ahead of his time. Uh, because of the thing. But, you know, he didn't. He didn't have the opportunity right. to coach at right. North Carolina, Texas, like his brother. I'm not saying it's unfair. That's just the way it goes uh, sometimes. But he is in the echelon of offensive coaching like Mike Leach, like Hal Mummy. Uh, like some of these other guys, it just didn't, it wasn't able to come to fruition at the schools he was, you know, he was at. So I, I, I absolutely appreciate his candor. Uh, I think he makes complicated things sound easy. And I, I congratulate you and Brian for uh, having the foresight to bring him on. Uh, he's, a, he's a, like I just said to you on text, he's an absolute treasure. Absolutely incredible. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages. So that's appointment radio. He uh, he could be a coordinator somewhere or a consultant somewhere for somebody. Yeah, he's right a, now he's a consultant for us. He's a consultant for us. We're going to come back on the other side. And upon the continuance, it'll be hour two. I want to hear from you at eight six five two hundred five four zero two. As time marches on on this Wednesday, boy, one hour almost in the books. It's beautiful. Hour two after the. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. 
She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. There are so many problems in the world right now that we can't do anything about. But the hunger crisis in southern Middle Tennessee is not one of them. You can join the Well Outreach Food Pantry in responding to help feed our neighbors in need. Kids, moms, and dads, and grandparents with nothing to eat. For just $30, you can provide a week of groceries to feed a local family in need. Give hope to the hungry right now. Thewelloutreach.org thewelloutreach.org. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. It's very, very interesting here. It's very interesting across the league. Hour two on the radio. Here we go. Let me do this. It's very, very interesting here and across the league as we welcome you into hour number two. I am really hoping against hope that Lightning will hit down there, and, and Lane Kiffin can actually win a con- game of consequence. Mark and Columba doesn't like to deal with this. But Lane Kiffin, for the most part, in his college coaching career, has been a boy band. He gets, uh, he gets news for making news instead of news for winning games, like Hugh Freeze did when he was at Auburn. Hugh Freeze, I mean, when he was at Ole Miss, rather. He, he actually won games. Um... Lane Kiffin's got a real opportunity this week with Alabama. A real. That Alabama team, like you heard Watson Brown talking about, is reeling. And, Sean, your read on what's going on with the crumbling tide right now. And then we'll well, I think the, it's, I, the crumbling is just relative because, they, you know, I, I think, first of all, you have to set the stage by saying his 15-, 16-year run has been just – Probably will not be matched again. It, it's a that was a John Wooden type run. Uh, you know, how many games did he come in second or third or what have you? Yep. Uh, so it's unbelievable. But in this new day and time, where the the playing field is getting leveled with NIL, with transfer portal, with uh, coaches going into the NFL, with um, 
uh, all these other things, it's hard to have a monopoly when everybody has access to the same resources that you do. And I think last year, um, you saw at the beginning of the year, you saw them squeak out a win against uh, Texas and a couple of other ones. But then they come up here, and, and Tennessee finally scores you know, more points at the end of the game than, than Alabama did. Alabama played a great game, and and uh, and I understand about Hendon Hooker, what Coach said, but uh, Bryce Young was amazing last year. Um, and so I think that when that when the clock ticked down and, and Tennessee won the game, that was, to college football, what Buster Douglas was to knocking down uh, Mike Tyson. Because all of a sudden, you could see that, wait a second, these guys are human. These guys, they're, some, they're not invincible. And then now everybody's taking their best shot. You've taken, um, uh, you know, uh, A&M can beat them. Uh, now you get Sarkeesian, who I still think is a joke, but Sarkeesian goes into their house and takes them out. Smoked them. Um, beat them up. Lane Kiffin's, make no mistake, Lane Kiffin's an offensive genius. No doubt about it. And he has, now he is, he is a boy band. Yep. But on any given day, he's got the stones to take you out. Mark and Columbus got to understand that. He's a boy band. Here's the thing, though. You are right about this. And Jackson Dart, yesterday, we were ranking quarterbacks in the league. We have him at the top of the league yesterday uh, as we were doing it off the top of our heads. You know, Jackson Dart's off to a really nice start. Uh, they've got a very good receiving core. And Alabama's got the issue Tennessee had. Uh, back in the Pruitt days where when you're stuck on 21 and somebody can go out there and put 35 on you, plus, Sean, Alabama doesn't have playmakers defensively. They should have overwhelmed that South Florida team last week defensively. Old Alabama teams would have been taking that young quarterback and they would have been scoring touchdowns on him, getting him on the ground, and they were doing none of that. They only only gave up three points, though. But they were doing none of that, Brian. They were doing none of that. Yeah, they. but that team was moving the ball up and down the field on them. That team just kept getting stymied. Does Ole Miss believe, though? No, they don't. They don't that, believe that's what, I, that's what scares me about Because Hugh Freeze isn't on that sideline. Hugh Freeze, Martin Columba can hate on him all he wants. Hugh Freeze is not a boy band. Hugh Freeze is a legitimate coach and motivator. And he has a way of getting those guys. They said no to Saban twice when they were at their all-time high power, Sean. Twice. Nobody did well, that. I, I, I disagree a little bit because I do think that Lane Kiffin has some of the Deion Sanders in him. I think that he can get those guys up and believing in one game. I, I He's a boy band partly, but he's also yep. a genius. Well, And he can do that. The, the, the issue that Alabama's going to have down. is if he's healthy, that Judson kid is one of the best running backs in the country. And Ole Miss can still score quickly. And Alabama just doesn't have Can't. the playmaker at offense. Uh, you know, he, uh, Bryce Young last year was Tim Tebow for Alabama. Amen. He, he, he kept They should have lost more games. That team should have. But he, Bryce Young was just Superman out there. Think about our game there. Uh, just, they shouldn't have been in that game at all. Uh, he was absolute Superman. And now they have people, with all due respect... Bill Rowe is okay, but Joe Milton is a better quarterback than any of those three. 
Joe Milton would absolutely start on their team and play every week, and there'd be no quarterback controversy. Sean's telling you the truth. He's telling you the truth. Now Milton's like now the middle, that, now of, that middle of the league back. Yeah. Now that they are a very good team, yep. you're seeing that with Clemson too. Yep. You know what? Once these guys get taken down, and everybody else believes, and you have well, well, it was raining down there, but there was nothing about a first-year head coach in South Florida. Uh, that was intimidated by Alabama last week. Not one bit. No, 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 no. Back to the phones we go. I thought Ty Simpson, when he played, Sean wasn't wasn't terrible. I thought he was okay. He'll transfer somewhere and uh, put it this way: he's better than the kid we had that came out of uh, Atlanta that ended up. I think he's up at Louisville now as a walk on. Um, yeah, but I think I think you, I think what that is. I think the narrative has already been written about Ty Simpson among the coach in, uh, at Alabama. Uh, if he's not the starter this week, then they've already established that he's not going to be the yeah, guy. Yeah, they've moved on, yeah. That, that's my they've point. Moved, they've yeah. moved on, and it's just a – with all due respect to the Simpson family, it's just a matter of time before uh, he's either uh, hinted at or, or told because they're bringing in one of the top guys in the country this year. He'll find a spot. Let's go back to the phones – and get our next call in. And Saban did another thing that this year he's got to live with, which I think he'll get corrected. But he brought a guy in as his offensive coordinator who's just not good in the modern game. And just, Tommy Reese, it just makes no sense that he would. It's not a, it's not a Nick Saban thing to go hire Tommy Reese. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, Tony. Uh, Big R here. Guys, Yo. Enjoyed the interview. Enjoyed listening to Watson Brown. Oh, he's and, beautiful, uh, man. I enjoyed that. I agreed with a lot of what he had to say. He knows a lot more about it than I ever will. Uh, and and uh, Doc, you were right. His only problem was who he had, the Jimmys and the Joes. That's the only problem he had. He just never had the horses. Yeah. Um, I said this a little bit on your post game, Tony. I, I don't really get it uh, as far as Joe Milton. To me, he's just Joe Milton. I mean, he's just maybe a little better, but uh, the offense, you remember when he got pulled, the home Pittsburgh game? We're not moving the ball. No tight ends are being used. There's pre-stamp problems like crazy. I'm just like, what do you want him, what's he going to be? I mean, and people say, well, you got to give him time. Nobody's been given more time. He's played college football for 100 years. He's not horrible. He's just not good enough to beat the upper echelon teams in this league. My I think opinion. that's accurate. He's a really yeah. good backup. Yeah. I would take him in a heartbeat. Um, hey, but Big R, let me ask you this, though. Isn't that okay. – yeah. with uh, with Joe Milton, you're exactly right. And and But that's no, that's no secret over at UT. So doesn't the emphasis and the responsibility shift now on the genius uh, Josh Heupel? And I'm not saying that's smart, Alecky. No, isn't it? Well, it's no, incumbent right. upon him and his staff to take what they can do and do that. There's nothing worse than a coach implementing a system and then and then the players can't do the system and they keep they keep throwing the system at you. That that's not a that's not a good coach. A great coach takes what you have and then molds their system and then takes it out to the field. So Joe Milton yeah. is perfectly fine at what Joe Milton can do. So go find the plays that Joe Milton can do. Yeah, he's not. Joe Milton, guys, is not going to change. He's just not. 
He's not going to be the guy that runs it smoothly. A little bit, but he is yeah. what he is. Nah, that's exactly right. And he's okay, but he's not what yeah. our fans thought he was in the off season. He, Watson kept saying about how he yeah. had picked. He's gonna. He hasn't picked up on something yet. If he hadn't picked it up by now, he won't. That's right. You know the the other thing I I would say uh, when when I when I watch him, Doc, I think you're right. I mean, Josh has to be careful here a little bit. I think he is a kryptonite almost for these quarterback coaches. He's like the Tony. Let's just say back in school, you got a date, man. For whatever reason, the hottest girl in school, she she liked you back a little bit, but man, you just weren't compatible, and it's never going to work out. Just wasn't going to work out. But you're going to try that thing about ten times. You know what I mean? You well, it's me? not only that, but when you see Milton make that throw he made the other night to Thornton in right. the seam of that right. field, you're going to give that dude every opportunity because as a coach, you're exactly. going, if I can just reach him, if I can just reach him, if I can just reach him, if I can, listen, mm-hmm. listen. Some people are born with that skill of the whole quarterback thing and all that comes with it, and some aren't. And unfortunately for him, to this point, he's a guy that doesn't have that. Tony, he knows the chords, but he can't play in tempo. That's a really – or, or you know what he is? He's, a, he's like a musician, any musician that has incredible hands, can play anything you want to play, yep. but doesn't play the right stuff. Which, uh, which oh, yeah, is an interesting thing, right? At the wrong time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and you know, if you're not a musician, that's probably hard to get that. But yeah, that's a real thing. You that is a real people. thing. That is. And a... you see them on YouTube. And oh like, yeah, they're playing this little lick. And you're like, what in the world? Wow. But then when you have to get in front of people and play a song that includes more than one instrument, we got problems. That's right. And I don't know why it is because. I'm definitely not that good. But no, it it's the truth. And it's, it's a real weird. Thing. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. There's a and, and the other thing about playing too is that when you're playing something and you're playing it live, you have to feel it. You have to feel it. And I watch him and I go, you know, he just doesn't seem like he feels it to me. I, I well that's 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 it and uh you know, I think he doesn't want to make mistakes. Yeah. So he's trying to stay calm, but man, the guy has no urgency about him. And it feels like right. man, body language is contagious. Tempo and emotion is contagious, good or bad. And I just think you see the same things you've seen. I mean, this offense, the same players that Hendon Hooker had, was not good with Joe Milton. I'm not saying that there's miracles out there. But I am saying I'm not waiting to lose another game to try stuff. I mean, we're, we're paying people nowadays, okay? He's, he's been given a big opportunity. He's been he's been shot at two major schools, been given the starting job. He's had his chance. Um, Josh doesn't need to let this offensive coordinator talk too much to the media. Though. Well, he's just got to get better at it. You know, he's just a kid, man. Joey Housley. I, I get it. Joey Housley's just a kid, somebody in there. and he has to get better at it. So, and he will yeah. because he will because Adam Sparks, who joins me and joins us in forty-five or so on our TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime, Adam Sparks is one guy that's going to ask them difficult questions and is not going to apologize for it. He's going to ask what fans are wondering. He's not going to go in there and pander to these coaches. And because he's a serious 
beat reporter. And, and I respect that. I respect the questions Adam Sparks is asking of them. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, they get paid big money, you know. It is what yeah. it is. The last thing I'll get out, um, I was looking, I watched some of the game of the team we're getting ready to play against Army last week. And then I was looking at what some of their coaches said. Is it true that in the second half, which I didn't watch the whole thing, they only had the ball for six and a half minutes? That is absolutely correct. They had the ball 15 minutes total for the game. They had it six and a half in the second half. Army ran the ball 65 times on them and made them like it. They still scored like 30 points, even though they only had 30, 15 minutes possession. Are they have a kid who's going to uh, play at quarterback this week. We had the breakdown on our blog today over at tclub.team. They they got a kid, their second-team quarterback, who they love, who is going to absolutely go nuts uh, if we give him time to throw. Well, you know, and I, and I saw their coaches were complaining about the clock rules as well. Oh, yeah. I, I think this is the worst rule change that I remember in college sports, and there's been some bad ones. But in fairness to Joe Milton, that affects offensive coordinators and quarterbacks more than anybody else, I would think. Am I right? I mean, no doubt about it. No, I mean, and, and the other thing it affects is, how am I going to come back in a football game when I'm two and a half scores down? The answer is, oh, well, unless you you're picture perfect, you're not. Yeah, unless you're picture it's perfect. Not possible. Unless that other team turns the ball over. Florida took the air totally out of the ball the air night and said, no fumbles, no turnovers, no nothing, no runs, no hits, no errors, and nobody left on base. You're not coming back in that game. You're not coming back. And Tony, it takes a lot of strategy out of the game. I yeah. can't believe I'm agreeing with Chip Kelly, which was fun. You're telling kids, "Hey, if you stick with us, man, we got a chance." But you got to get out of bounds here. You got to, yep. you got to, you go to all these things. Find the six, and now it's just kind of. I think, I think that's taking some magic out. Hopefully, they're going to change that. But my gosh, if you're going to stay with it, at the very least, shrink the play clock. Good lord, the combination's just stupid. And the ball rolls out of bounds. We're waiting on the officials yep. to jog over there and get it out of bounds, and the clock's still running. And hit it, it and kick it on its way back to the later. huddle, and the clock's still running. Th- thank you, R. I appreciate you. And are they going back, though? Look, the coaches are bitching about it. I don't know that they go back because it's all about television. I mean, what you got to understand now as a modern era is this thing is now, it was a sport put on television it's now a television product masquerading as a sport, just like the NFL is, just like the NFL. It's a television product masquerading as a sport. And you know what? Football is an incredibly alluring product on television. It is a game Un- unlike any of the other major sports we follow. It absolutely lends itself and is made for television. It's cinematic. It's uh, got drama to it. It's got characters in it. It's got bright colors. I mean, it's it's a it's a beautiful game for television. Back to the phones we go. Brian, are you excited about the XFL USFL uh, joint partnership that's about to happen as those two leagues merge into each other? Are you excited about that, Brian? Yeah, I know. Uh, <clears throat> hopefully, they can start playing more games. You know. Uh, 
in the cities that, that the teams are based out of. No, I think the opposite. Instead of having happen. to, yeah, I think the opposite's going to happen. They're going to go with that USFL uh, hub model, save on costs and keep their league alive. Let's go back to the phones and get our next call in under the USFL umbrella. I think is what's going to happen. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, Tommy Joshy boy. Under wings. How are you guys doing today? Joshy boy, I'm looking forward to seeing Eddie Lee Marburger this weekend, who's the next man up out of the Rio Grande Valley oh, okay. in Texas. He's the backup quarterback. He uh, threw a ball apparently 75 yards in the air uh, last week uh, and hit somebody in stride. So apparently this guy can – so you're going to see two – Big arm quarterbacks. One's going to get more time to pass than the other, and it would be Joe Milton's going to get more time to throw than this guy. This guy's going to be on his rear end all day, so, I think. Is uh, Frank Harris officially out? For he's just not. It, I, the belief is that he's going to hold him because they play Temple in two weeks. They're in a new league in the American. You're they're, Temple out. They're the two-time defending. Uh, CUSA conference champion, so they take that belt with them into their new federation. And like Medusa Michelli herself, they're going to throw it in the garbage. Tony, uh, I think I said it on your show like a month or so ago. It may have been another sports radio show, but I said I'd rather have a Graham Mertz over no Joe Milton. sports radio shows. Say it again. I said I would rather have Graham Mertz over Joe Milton. Sean Sinclair, position statement, Graham Mertz or Joe Milton, where are you going for Tennessee's offense? Well, I don't know. That's one um that's one you know, that's one game sample where he yep. looked very good. He's looked he's looked average the rest of his career. Uh I will say that uh, uh and I got laughed at in our little private chat. Uh, a few weeks ago, or several weeks ago, mm-hmm. I, I I sent to the guys and said, "Hey, this this Graham Mertz was something before. He's got the game in him. Whatever yeah. happened, happened. But uh, uh, you you saw a little bit of what college football saw when he was a high school uh, kid. He's, Who did he pump off his feet, Cinco, when he was running? Uh, it looked like it was Warren Burrell. And that that's the thing. I had a um, yeah two things. I had a former." Uh, football coach in yesterday yep. and two things he thought that would just were unusual one was no names but one was uh the touchdown run that florida had the long one where um uh five hadn't had check bumped him yep. and then and then his his arms never came above his you know off his side mm-hmm. and he said that was the most unnatural football play he's ever seen in his whole Life playing coach. He was a he was a uh, college athlete. He said, "I've never seen anything like that," and that started me thinking. He, he said, "It's not lack of air." He said that made no sense. And then he said, "The the pump of Warren Baroni's right when you're a DB in that area. It doesn't DBs want to kill the quarterback. They, it's not they don't like him. They hate him. Yeah. And to be and to be two steps away from being able to saw that guy in half." Made no sense, and to jump in the air like that. To your point, yeah, any DB will take a any DB will take a fifteen yard penalty for the potential to take a quarterback out. Sean, imagine, imagine, imagine how tall and comfortable Graham Mertz felt after that play. Tony, 
And Think about this that. is the same guy, Graham Mertz, in his first start at Wisconsin. Yes. He went 16 for 16. That's right. And we let him get right back there. He was at the U.S. Army All-Star game all over again. He was in his first start at Wisconsin. I guarantee he was thinking to himself, finally, three and a half years later, I'm back in that moment. I'm, I'm back. I'm back to where I was because Tennessee never made the guy uncomfortable. I don't understand our game plan at all. you got a white turkey quarterback I, I back there. Heat him up. Don't play zone. I don't what are you doing? Zone. You don't have any DBs anyway. Gamble. Well, I've never, I'll tell you another thing. Is I've, yeah. never seen a, I've never seen a – I don't understand that the zone was static, too. Dumb. It, the, the, the players didn't float with the quarterback no. to the sideline. With the receivers, it, it seemed like they went to a spot and stayed Stood there. I don't understand that. Like there was a <laughs> like oh, there was yeah. a wall. Uh, Herb Street goes. He just released him to nobody. Yeah. What are they doing? That's what Herb Street. Oh, yeah. Herb Street said. I promise you, if they if they continue to do that, Florida's going to have a big night because that was early well, in the game. I, I still yeah. don't. I still don't understand the uh, the Willie Martinez experience. Oh I, boy, that, that band yeah, has played a best song. Oh boy. I've been You know, I, I think. Oh, go ahead, Brian. Depending on what you want, I think Mertz. I don't think is the kind of quarterback that Heupel would really want to play with because of the style. Well, so I think he fits I, it out perfectly. Yeah, Brian. I think but he's killing Gabriel. He's very, very Florida. quick. He's very I think quick. He's killing Gabriel or yeah. McKenzie Milton all over again. Yeah, he's very quick, Brian. Yeah. I think he would be pretty good here, actually. Hey. uh... Dr. Sean, are you going to be at uh, one of Tony's remote parties on Friday at Calhoun's? Because I'd like to put a name with a face. Oh, you need to get it. Yes. Oh, yeah. You need to get I'm out. Like, I might come down there this well, week. Josh, we want to sell. We want to celebrate your. When is your birthday? I got to get you and Bill on the docket. Uh, the Roger Memorial October Birthday Party. All right. So let's plan on. Look at your cal. Let's look at our calendars here. Let's and, all and, and, let's uh, Justin, go up our calendars. Uh, what did you do with your clipboard to the Phillies last night? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cinco, Basilio, are you going to flush me? No, I'm going to let you say it, man. We're still on radio. I can't say it, can I? Let's do. Um, yeah. Let's do November. Let's do November third down there. No, I'll tell you what. Okay. Let's do October 27 down there, your birthday. Uh, you and Titans, Bill. How would you like to do that? October 27. Is that a Friday? It's Friday. Calhoun's on the river. We'll do the okay. uh, Roger Davis Memorial Birthday Party for Joshy Boy and uh, Titans, Bill. But go ahead. Tell Sounds me what like the Braves plan. did because it was 6-1, to one. Like and then uh, in like the second inning last night, Quadzilla uh, blew us away. Before I get to that, yes. Tony is uh, is someone else besides Mark and Columba calling in because he's actually having really good phone calls. Yeah, what happened to him? He's of course I brought up Hugh Freeze yesterday and he lost his stuff on that because yeah. he's. I guess Hugh hasn't unblocked him on Twitter. Does I don't. Somebody know. else have his brain or something maybe but uh tony Braun snicker took that clipboard and turned it up sideways and stuck it straight up the philly's candy ass thank you joshu <laughs> cinco pops for that every single 
time as we go back to our phones on a Wednesday. Adam Sparks in about a half hour ago. Hello and welcome into our next call. I'll give you a long time, Yoshi. Yoshi. What's up? What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm good, man. Tony, I, uh, you know, I still think you're the best, brother. You always know that, but I, I got a little bone to pick. Hit it. Not me. I, so, I, I haven't. I haven't aggravated anybody, have I? Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. No, not at all. Never. Um, so I remember a time in history to where when Bubba Gump first started, first two, three years, you got irate any time <clears throat> someone brought up he should be fired or he could be fired. Yes, three days ago. Uh, and so, so that was like a common occurrence. And yep. so on Monday, yes, you espouse that if he doesn't get this fixed, mind you, after one football game, we're yes. talking one football game. Yes, yes. Last year, you were worried about him going to the NFL. Yes. And in less than a year, in one football game, you're he's going to get fired in 2025. That's, I, that's actually that's out of con, that's actually out of context. No, that's that's exactly you're worried he's going to, he doesn't. Here's get what I said. I'm going to say it again. I was listening to it. Well, here's what he said. You, here's what I said. Listen. I'm going to say it nice and slowly. If they don't go out in the offseason and find some guys that can block for this new quarterback, he is going to be a total mess next year. You, but you H- said, Hang on, hang on, hang on. You said... And I said fired. I don't want to see this guy go after 2025 because that's what's going to happen if he doesn't get yeah. some guys that can block. That's what I said. I didn't say he's going to go. I didn't say I want him to go. In fact, I no, said I that. said you the just... total. I said the total opposite. But I'm keeping it real. I am the person that told everybody back in the summer that this offensive line was a train wreck in the off season when everybody else was fibbing. I'm not going to fib on here. And no. and listen, I, I listen now. That. Listen to me. If you don't go out in the off season and find you five guys that can block for this new quarterback next year. You're the next season, you're going to come into that next season under the gun with this fan base. That's reality. I live, I I deal in reality. And I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see that happen. I get you. But if Brian Brian will tell truth, right after you said that, Brian even said, so so last year you were worried about him going to the NFL to now he's going to get fired in 2000. That's how this goes. That's how all this stuff goes. Totally. Where, where have you been? Well, I agree with you. But but, well, okay, so what's wrong with what I said? What's what's wrong with what I said? No, well, I was going to say. They're both good. accurate. Those are both that, accurate what, statements. What's wrong but, with that? But do you remember back when Bubba Gump was here, when someone would, anytime someone would bring up after two years, Bubba Gump getting fired, you would just automatically. No, I down. don't. I don't remember that. Yeah, you did. No. Brian, did you say that the other day? I uh, no, it was Bino that jumped at me, and and, and rightfully so Bino, because Brian, and, and rightfully Brian, so because you could say that's an overreaction on my part. I'm going to tell you something. Their offensive line day. development, their offensive line development is hideous to this point. So, hideous. So that of their own recruits. Game, Tony. Do it's what? No, 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 no. Sean, Sean, am I overreacting? Is it one game, Sean, or am I being accurate? Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. I would suggest that this was a pattern. The, the first three games were played against horrible competition, and I haven't seen an evolution 
of this team yet. In fact, the defense has kind of kind of had a had a downturn. But, but it's but your the, point being the offensive that line. It, the, the, that game was not the linchpin of the rest of the career. Mm-mm. I think is correct. And that's all. Well, if you don't develop offensive linemen, you're not going to make it at any of these schools. You're just not. I know, but I'm just saying let's pump the – I mean, you would even – No, would I'm not pumping the brakes. It's accurate. They've got to would, go get offensive linemen that you. aren't going to be oh, – Look, here's when, the – here's the, here's No, quit talking about here, that. Stop, stop, stop. Stop, stop, stop. That has nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with anything. It's not about me. This is about what's going on on the field. This is you're making this about me. It's about what's going on on the field. Stop, stop. Here's the deal. Ali Lane the other night was in a spot he's in because they haven't developed any of their own players. They inherited him, and the other kid. Uh, what's the other? Uh, the, the other kid that's the walk on. Somebody help me out. What's his name? Uh, Sean O'Brien. The walk on. He's out there. Dang David. They haven't developed their own players. That's why those guys are out there, okay. and people want to. Okay. And people want to rip you. those guys. Well, no, you don't hear me because you're not hearing what no, I'm I saying. Do. I do. They don't have no, one do. player. Listen to me. They don't have one player in their first two signing classes they can put on the field. Not one at that at, at any of those positions. That's a problem. That's a major well, problem, just, and it's not about yeah. me. I didn't do it. It's not about me. I didn't do I'll, it, and it's not about Bubba Gump or yeah. whoever that is. In fact, he recruited better offensive linemen than they have. I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you that. Submit, I would just submit that when we go from – now, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying as a general. When we go from we've got one of the best coaches in the SEC, possibly the country, to he's going to be if he doesn't get it fixed, he's going to be fired in two thousand. Wait a second here! I never no, I never said he was getting what, fired. But why can't talking? both those be true? Though both of those sentences could be true. Absolutely, that's how yeah, this absolutely. works in college football. Saying, Where have you yeah, been? I think I, a, a different a, a different would be he went from being one of the best to one of the worst. But the two things you the two things you compare are unrelatable. And I love the guy. I'm he not saying he should go. Well, look at look at Watson Brown. Watson Brown is an inc- was an incredible coach, but he just couldn't win because you don't have the Nick players. Saban went from being the best coach of all time to now he's getting all kinds of heat. That's exactly uh, right, Brian. Now, and that's I, I, the I, where he's at. I, I would say sport. if you're if you're if the point of your comparison is that Tony tends to be a little hyperbolic and and theatrical and stuff, I I think that's a fair. But point. that's not hyperbole. But this, is, this is radio. This is. But, Sean, that's not hyperbole. Sean, if you don't no, have guys don't, to block no, for Nico, I'm going to leave you. Nico's going to leave you. You better get some guys to block for him. Uh, uh, that's the deal. I mean, you guys can call that hyperbole if you want. You oh, better get some people to block for him. Because they don't have anybody to block for him next year right now. You better get some people to block for him. If we, All I'm saying is if we go, I think right now after this game, I think right now the hard time that Tennessee fans get, I think we're through. We are earning the reputation of that. We turn on. We are very. We're just earning our reputation right now. And after one, you're a Volcat. What are you talking? You're you got two allegiances. What are you talking about? Any every everybody you you could be on Sanders to look to to lose three in a row, and you're not going to have Hollywood celebs on that. That's exactly right, Sean. 
Dude, you, you have one. What do you mean? What? That's so funny. The world is coming out to glom on to. I mean, are you Warren kidding? Sapp says today he's going to coach with them. He, that cat's not coaching next year. He wants attention. It's just an opinion. Doesn't make me right. It doesn't make me wrong. It's just. Oh, an it's opinion. definitely not right. But I appreciate the call. Thank you. It's certainly not. It's a lot of things, but it's not right. Look. But you know, in this world, Tony. Yeah. Th- these guys can improve. Of they course. That's why I want this guy to make it. They Sean. can tweak their systems to do everything that our guys can do. Sean. And that, frankly, that's yeah. why Nick Saban is arguably the greatest ever, because he's gone from power running right. to he's gone from, and this is not a Nick Saban, uh, you know, uh, fluff push-up is the great. But, I mean, that every single game that that guy has been there, the other teams wanted to take them out, road or home, and they always showed up. Well, now they're now they're getting a little punch drunk, quite frankly. Well, here's the thing: caller called yesterday, said if you look at the top ten teams through three weeks, and you use a two four seven as a resource in the transfer portal, the record through three weeks is twenty nine and one of the teams that were top ten in the transfer portal. Now I'm going to write tomorrow, and I mean this: Tennessee's thirty seventh in that list. Tennessee should not be thirty seventh in the transfer portal era. That's nope. not, that is called not acceptable. And they better get into the portal, and they, and I'm not going to be obnoxious with it. I'm not going to beat it into the ground, but Philip brought it up, and I'm just going to finish this, Philip, because you threw it back on me, which is not fair, because the point is an accurate one. And I want you to remember, I'm the person that told you back in the summer, this team has offensive line issues, and nobody else would. So don't kill the messenger. Well, I think you also have to add some context to that 37 is, there were number constraints because of the NCAA and other things that they could, you know, there was, what, uh, before spring ball, they, they just couldn't go out and get anything. We hadn't received the, we hadn't received the NCAA punishments or their verdict or what have you. Get out uh, Now, going forward, you're exactly right. And I think what, and, and there may have been some old school, you know, loyalty and not wanting to cut people and everything. I think Deion, I think Deion Sanders, has absolutely changed the script on that. I, I think if I was a kid right now, be very careful what you thought you were getting when you had this transfer portal deal because now this is as close to NFL football as you're going to ever find. Nobody is going, after what Dion's done, nobody is going to have any sympathy for kids right now except their parents for and their high school kids, their, the high school followers, for kids that don't show the promise that they might have in recruiting, and they're going to get cut. That's going to happen. It's sad, too. But my point is they, they're going to have a bun, bunch of openings. They don't have to cut people, but they have to go out in the portal this year and get players to right. play on their offensive line. They don't even need to cut people. And, and I mean, I, that's and another I, conversation altogether. You know, last week, is I, from the, from, we are sitting in the top ten of recruiting, and that should be celebrated. Yes. However... They're just right now that that list does not include a whole lot of war daddies on the offensive or defensive line uh, that are going to come in next year. So it's it's you know like Tony Valls, you know he went out and got Amick, he went out and got some other guys. That's exactly right uh, to, to reload. He learned he not learned his lesson. He adapted and moved fast. Josh Heupel and Spire. I don't know what's going on with Spire, and I'm not trying to allude to anything because I don't know. But uh, we have been less aggressive uh, 
my my outside observation uh, of what's going on in recruiting, and you don't hear a whole lot. The only thing you're hearing about Tennessee recruiting right now is guys that are emerging their senior year that didn't have the profile they did before, and we're making offers. So, uh, I, I think I don't think you bring up an inconvenient truth, yes, and an inconvenient observation that in the SEC, if you are going to get smacked by a bad Florida team at the line of scrimmage, you better rethink things. Well, and that's it, and that's all. And you say, well, you guys are no. I waited all summer to say what I said the other day, and I meant what I said. I want this guy here. But if you don't address that, you're not going to make it. You're just not. I mean, it's pretty simple. The belief was you can win. You, feel, you say well, you're, you are overreacting one game. No, I'm not. The belief was this guy's system's different. Well, listen, the game is still played in the dirt and the mud. And you better not lose at the line of scrimmage. Or you're not going to win. I mean, it's pretty simple. I'm not going to belabor it, and I'm not going to say it again. But, Philip, of course, you're a Volcat, and you're over here telling me how our fan base should act. You clown. Pick a team. Pick a side. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Bar Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. There are so many problems in the world right now that we can't do anything about, but the hunger crisis in Southern Middle Tennessee is not one of them. Join the Well Outreach Food Pantry in responding to help feed neighbors in need, September 26th and 27th, right here on Front Porch Radio. For just $30, you can provide a week of groceries to feed a local family in need. You can also provide hope to the hungry right now at thewelloutreach.org. Save-A-Lot Foods, serving Columbia since 1994, is celebrating their grand reopening at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard with amazing deals, and you can even register for prizes. Open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Check out our weekly flyers for great deals on your favorite products. Save-A-Lot stores are 100% employee-owned and operated and proud to be local. Save-A-Lot Food Stores. Shop the dot. Save a lot. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you as we make the magic with you on a Wednesday. Adam Sparks. Sparks were flying around him. Uh, The last couple of uh, press opportunities is going to join us at the top of our TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. I want to remind you, in a couple days, we'll be live at Calhoun's on the River. It's a football Friday out there. It's patented as we move left to right across your dial. We'll be out there Friday afternoon. It's going to be absolutely next level. Uh, counting it down to the San Antonio game, because when the sun came up on a sleepy little town down around San Antonio, 
We'll go back to our phones and get our next call in. Tennessee's uh, going to have an interesting afternoon Saturday. It's going to be a great day in college football. It is an A++++ card uh, on Saturday. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hi, you're on the air. Let's try this again. Hello, welcome in. You're on the air. Going once, going twice, sold to the man Tony. in the purple shirt. Hello and welcome in. Tony. Yo. How you doing today? A blessed day, uh, man. Offensive line play is a dime a dozen. Uh, finding good offensive linemen are, uh, I mean, most of the five stars don't turn out to do what they need to do. That's right. It's a development uh, position. That's right. Yeah. So so what you do is you identify it. guys that have been pretty good in college football, and you circle well, about it, seven or eight of them, and you go get four or five of them in the off season. They're going to have to do that. I, I, look, everybody's got to do that. I mean, uh, it's just the way it is. Yep. I mean, same way with defense. Uh, defensive linemen are hard to get. Uh, I'll tell you one thing that uh, – I've seen if a guy is a wrestler in high school, they tend to make good offensive and defensive linemen because they've got great footwork. Uh, Who's the kid that started as a freshman, guys, early 2000? I want to say that kid's name was Wells. He came from the mid-state area. Yeah, he was a great right. Scott Wells. Was it Scott Wells? Was, is that right, Sean? They put him I out think there Scott as a Wells, freshman. Yeah. They put him Scott, out there. He Scott balled Wells out. Was a set, was a wrestler. Bubba Miller was a very good wrestler. They balled out. Uh, yeah, they, they, those and those and those guys also make good interior. They just make good interior linemen because they they understand. When you were wrestling, and I was not a wrestler, I wrestled. It's all about hand. If you get if you get somebody's wrist, the match is over with. Yes. Harry Galbraith was an yep. incredible high Even those markers. And the thing about if wrestlers can, is they know base, but, too. Wrestlers know base, they know, too, Sean. They know balance. They know leverage. Yep. Yep. And I, that, that's, that, that may very well be the trick for defining good offensive yes. and defensive linemen. Maybe. Now, as far the, problem, as far the problem is that you don't most, – most, most wrestlers aren't very tall. No, they're not, but they're, uh, they've got low centers of gravity. And, I, I mean, I don't know uh, that you've got to be that tall to be a good offensive lineman. Uh, you need uh, to be, you need if to you be don't probably, have a guy six, five or taller in, uh, at tackle, you're going to get eaten alive. Smoked. Would be my opinion. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm saying, what smoked. I'm saying is, is if you're 6'4", if you're six four, I think you can be a, I think you can be a good offensive lineman if you if you understand leverage and Smoked. how to go about doing things. I mean, got good footwork and good hand eye coordination. I mean, uh, more, most of the really good linemen tend to be that size right in that area. It also bears so, repeating as well that um, there are guys on the current st- current team that they could develop between now and then. But my my opinion's based on this snapshot in time. Now, several guys could develop between now and next year, but they don't think that's going to happen. But 
Who knows? I mean, yeah, I guess you never perfect, know. A, per, a perfect example, Joe, is Shazon Bradley. Mm. He's one of the most decorated heavyweight wrestlers in the state of Tennessee. Mm. We had another one, uh, Chad Gooden, who was a walk-on here, but mm-hmm. the only person to ever beat Shazon in a high school match. Cool. Uh, Shazon could not, I mean, on a, on a, on a wrestling match, you, you, had, you wanted no part of him. But it didn't really translate to the defensive line because he was only like 6'2". And even though he was made of muscle, he just got out leveraged. Mm-hmm. You can, you can be low until you're too low. Mm-hmm. Then you just well, get pushed yeah, and that make and that makes sense, Doc. I mean, you're right. You can be too low. Uh, like me. That's why I'm saying somewhere in the six three, six four, maybe six five range is if is probably the ideal. Uh, these six eight, six seven, six eight, six nine offensive linemen. That have got don't have low centers of gravity. I don't know that they're really what you want. Some of those tackles are unbelievable, though, man. That play in the NFL that that are that size. Those six five six six guys, show. Come on now. Well, we had a we had a guy we had a guy when we were in, Tony and I were school. Uh, the only one I can really think of was named John Hearn. He was out of Christian Brothers High School. He was he's about six three six four. He was he came here as a as a wrestler, uh, um, uh, and then. You know, they then they abandoned the program. Well, the thought was that, you know, well, he could be perhaps an offensive lineman. Well, he, he you know, he, he couldn't put on, you know, eighty pounds. In fact, so he he chose to be a uh, he chose to be a weight man at UT. You know, he he threw the shot and the discus and everything else. Uh, you know, it, it's those. I, I hear what you're saying, but sometimes those kids, even though they are very tough. It's a different type of contact, and it's a, a, it's a body. You I, mean, I don't know how many of those are floating around the NFL. Do you? Right. I mean, it's a body type. I mean, I guess that's what I'm saying. You're you right. Gotta, you're right. You've got to have you've got to have the body type to be able to put on that kind of weight to do what you're talking about doing. And uh, if if it works, great. If it doesn't, well, you know, you're t- you're absolutely what you're saying, Doc. Is what's going to happen uh, out the door, Tony. You say you're going to have a, a birthday celebration for Joshy Boy and Titans Bill you got it. on the 27th? You got it. Here, here we That's go. My... Here we go. I'm no, ready no, for no. it. What? Go ahead, Bill. Uh, go ahead, I, I, Joe. Can, I can feel a zinger go, go, go ahead, Joe. It. No, 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 no. All I was going to say is, is this. That's my actual birthday. Well, come on down. We'll celebrate your birthday, yeah. too. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, my brother. We'll get you uh, get you booed on your birthday. No, I'm just messing with you. Come on down. We'll celebrate your birthday with you, Mike McGlinchey. Uh, here, here's a, here's something I just pulled up. 82 tackles in the NFL um, have played in that league. Six, seven, and a half. Six, seven, and a half. Mike McGlinchey, who plays with the with the Broncos, is right there. Other tall tackles include Alejandro Villanueva who uh, recently retired at the NFL, played at 6-9 at a Pro Bowl level for several years. You know, Colorado has uh, 6-8 and 6-9 starting tackles. Wow. That's who they went and got. It's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah. Here are some of the guys that are around that height that Sean's talking about. John Runyon, multi-time Pro Bowler. Jonathan Ogden, one of the all-time greats. Trey Thomas, one of the all-time greats. Um... Marcus McNeil, great player. Uh, ironically enough, Mark Colombo. If Mark and Colombo is listening to us, Mark Colombo, 
Uh, let's see. Other guys that see, were... It's not, it's not just yeah. height. It's because tall people usually have longer arms. Orlando Brown. Yes, Orlando King Dunlap. Orlando Brown. Let's go back to the phones. It's interesting to look at. Bunch of guys, huge, huge, tall men. Uh, big human beings, if you will. Brian, what time are we going to be joined? Is it going to be right at the top of the hour by the great Adam Sparks? Right at the top of He's the hour. He's going to call between right, the, yeah, right at the top. One, one, right one at the top of the hour. Right at the, okay. So. Yeah. We're going to get a call in. We're going to get a download. Okay, so I'll get off there. We're going to get a download from the great Adam Sparks with Knoxville News Sentinel. I want to thank SEAN Sinclair DDS, beautiful Maryville, for being with us. He's been absolutely outstanding. Wednesdays with Watson was an absolute winner. So pencil that in. Watson said he had a lot of fun today. He's looking forward to doing it again uh, this week. Said he really.